0: and gentlemen you know what that sound means it means it's episode 190 of the personal arrogance podcast brought to you by the bald move network i am one of your hosts my name is eric walquist and joining me this week as he does each and every week as the other host of the show his name is
1: jesse the underprepared wilson
0: underprepared
1: you just jumped right in there this week i did it was like um D-Day or something, mm-hmm. like, suddenly there was a beach, and you're like, all right, soldier, get out there. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, like, literally the thing dropped down, and immediately you were shot by a by a German sniper. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it was fun while it lasted. Yeah. Well, that's what you get for standing in the front. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, how did that conversation go down? I don't know. Like, who gets to stand where? Oh, God. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stand, like, near the back. Mm-hmm. And Steve, you get in front of me, and like Fat Rick, you get in front of all of us.
0: (laughs) Fat Rick always got the short end of the stick.
1: Yeah, and a purple heart.
0: Yeah, and a medal of honor. (laughs) Um, yeah, I don't don't think I think being in the back would also be pretty bad. Because then you're like trapped in like this tunnel of bullet fire and death.
1: Mm. Mm Hmm. Yeah. Like maybe that's. Like, maybe the first guy who just died and didn't realize what was going on, maybe he was the luckiest. Maybe. The guy who just, like, was like, hey, I always wanted to go to Friptonk, dead, down, oh, game I, over.
0: I love how we're just, di- just dive right in, it's, we're like Saving <laughs> Private Ryan, we just start with D-Day.
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: anyway. <laughs> well, we are
1: 190 <laughs> episodes into the war at this
0: point. That's true, that's true. It's time to take the ground war to, to Europe. Mm-hmm. Um jesse how was your week man oh good
1: something happened to me that has not happened to me so far in my life today
0: did you win the lottery
1: no um that already happened Mm. i was in a car when someone the i was a passenger when the driver got ticketed
0: Mm.
1: it happened to me at work we were uh doing a little delivery action wow and uh the I was there to help move kegs, and the driver wasn't wearing a seatbelt, and he got a hundred and twenty four dollar ticket for not wearing a seatbelt
0: Wow Oops. jeez man uh, so they had the audacity to pull over a beer van,
1: yeah, yeah, i wow. mean there's no uh it's all fair i guess well, What? how was the state patrol?
0: how was the cop was it a good cop, bad cop?
1: No, well, it was nice cop. She was super-duper mm-hmm. nice and, like, right. chit-chatty and stuff. And he was like, you know, uh, but my brother-in-law's a cop. <laughs> he was trying to get out of it. But yeah. she's like, yeah, well, that's nice. But then the weird thing is, though, she went back and, like, mm-hmm. was in the car for a while. Yeah. And then, because she was alone at first, and she comes back to issue the ticket, suddenly there's, like, young male, like, uh, tough-looking cop, and he, like, comes up on my side. Ooh. And I was like, oh God, why did she call in backup?
0: (laughs) What is this driver? What's, what's in this driver's past? Yeah, I know.
1: There, I, there was a moment where I was like, um, you don't have any outstanding warrants I should know about, do you?
0: Yeah. So that
1: was fun. But part of me, like, while the whole thing was going down and he was getting the ticket, I was just sitting there. I'm like, I'm actually getting paid for this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm on the clock right now.
0: Nice oh man so were the cops everybody was getting paid
1: except for him it was
0: a yeah (laughs) he took a big hit yeah i mean he's probably came out negative for the hour but
1: i think he he came out negative for the day
0: yeah
1: (laughs) he went into work and lost money
0: yikes yeah that's a that's a (laughs) that's interesting yeah i guess the moral of the story is wear your seatbelt don't be a doofus
1: yeah, it's funny, though, he's like our maintenance guy, and he wasn't wearing the seatbelt, because the seatbelt, like, it jams, it's like really hard to mm-hmm. unbuckle it, mm-hmm. which I've noticed before, but I still wear it, and uh so right. he was like, I can't even get that mad, because it was my job to fix it.
0: <laughs> he's giving himself overtime in order to uh pay off the ticket.
1: Yeah, there you go, he could always just pay himself by fixing up the van, I guess. <laughs>
0: This is, this is like too cyclical, this whole situation.
1: <laughs> Everyone gets money. Everyone
0: gets money. Um, yeah, I, I, so we went camping this past weekend. We we, uh, we. busted open the tent for the first time in the year.
1: Yeah, it was a good weekend for it. It was
0: beautiful. We're, we're trying to go camping once a month. That's our goal for this summer. From now For the September. rest of
1: the year. <laughs>
0: November. Well, I didn't realize that the Discover Pass works throughout the entire calendar year. So, yeah. like, it's good for until April 10th of next year. Oh, yeah. So, we're going to be discovering some stuff. Good. With the Discover Pass. And then, uh, yeah, just a nice just a nice weekend. Had a good time. There is
1: something. I do have to take umbrage with oh. your camping style, though, Eric. Why? Because you posted photos to Facebook while camping. Mm-hmm. That's not kosher. Like, there there has to be, like, a no internet policy. Otherwise, it's not really camping.
0: That's called having a new phone. That's
1: called, um, camping in the 21st century, I Can guess. you take
0: pictures? Take sure, pictures okay? of course you
1: can take pictures, but you can't, like, go online and upload
0: them. <laughs> Jesse, I'm always online.
1: Yeah, I think that maybe it would be good for you to not <laughs> be, like, well, when you're camping. Well,
0: my phone did die on the second day, so and then well. i didn't have a charger.
1: Yeah, i mean that's good. Uh-huh. That's a start. Yeah. but maybe next time just don't go don't do the phone.
0: But i made this awesome beach fort and i wanted to take a picture of it.
1: I know. Take the picture. Just wait till monday to upload it. All right. It'll it'll be good for you.
0: Real time. I did like getting home from camping, turning on my phone and then having all my updates on my fort pictures. <laughs>
1: yeah that's true that was neat i guess you wouldn't get that otherwise it's true all right you turn me around on this It's a nice
0: little present for you for having your phone die. you turn it on and, like everybody loves your fort <laughs> all right jesse what are you drinking this week
1: oh i'm drinking um free beer from work tosh and i have a new resolution where we're only going to drink beers that we bought uh on the podcast that we're doing nice Drunk and Married, which Drunk should and Married. be coming out sometime hopefully before the next super bowl let's try it and uh, so yeah i have two banging beers in my fridge right now and they're mm-hmm. like beckoning to me but i'm not going to <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna withhold the temptation and uh you know just drink the free beer that i get from work Do right it.
0: now all right and i'm drinking the full cell ipa it's my standby standalone standard Uh, IPA that I pick up from the local market. It's delicious, and I love it. Full sale. I'm gonna try to hit up full sale when we go to Bend. Uh, I think we'll be passing by where they are located on the drive down. So yeah,
1: I'm I'm not sure exactly where they are.
0: Um, where are they? Oh, they're they're in Hood River. I think you could get through. Are they in Hood River? Yeah.
1: Man, I need to go there because there's a there's Logsin's there, which is another fantastic brewery that just meddled at the uh, World Beer Cup.
0: Those meddlers.
1: They brought home a gold.
0: Okay, well, let's move on to listener feedback this week. Um, We got a ton of it, so uh, let's start off with some voicemails. Uh, First voicemail coming to us from SoCal.
1: FTL is out on the iPad. There goes all my free time. Thanks a lot, guys.
0: This is Nick in Orange County. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think Nick in Orange County might have a little bit of a problem here, because he called us back like two seconds later.
1: Oh, my God. FTL on iOS is driving me crazy. It's so much fun. It takes up so much of my time. Damn you, Jesse, for talking about it in such high regard. So good. I think I'm addicted.
0: Get off my back. This is Nick from Orange County. <laughs> Actually, that was two and a half hours later. <laughs> and then Nick decided to call us again the next morning. Uh Here he is. <sighs> oh, hi there. I didn't see you guys come in. I was up to the
1: uh, middle of the night last night playing uh, FCL on my iPad inadvertently. And it's about 11 in the morning on Saturday right now. I'm just waking up. I'd just like to say, um, this is Nick from Orange County. And I do not have a problem. Stay off
0: my back. Stay off my back. So apparently FTL is addictive, Jesse. Do you know this?
1: I I like to use the phrase habit-forming. Okay. I mean, addictive is a medical term, and the papers are, you know, uh, they have mixed results. So mm-hmm. It's habit-forming. No, I love it. I like to play it on iOS, but I feel like I like it on computer. I like having the keyboard in front of me.
0: Yeah, I tried to play it so hard. I think I need, like, a little tutorial. Because, like, my guys just died instantly every time.
1: That is a tutorial, though. It's <laughs> trial by fire. I mean, that's the best way to learn.
0: All right. Um, <laughs> we also got a couple more voicemails. This one comes to us from the East Coast. Uh, here it is.
1: Hey, it's Mike from Virginia, a.k.a. Transylvania. Um, random question. If you could have any three superpowers, what would they be? And you cannot use say, Superman's powers, you have to be individual powers. Like say, Superman would have heat, vision, flying, freezing breath, all that crap. It could be one individual power. So like say, one of your powers would be flying, one of them would be this. Alright, just I thought that would be an interesting topic for you two. Alright guys, get off my back.
0: Get off my back. Um, so yeah, quickly, what would be your powers, Jesse? Uh,
1: I want to stop time. Okay. For one. I feel mm-hmm. like that's like the ultimate power. Oh, yeah. So that's my, question, that's my one.
0: Question, do you age while time is stopped?
1: I guess so, yeah.
0: So like you could spend a whole lifetime and then you like, all of a sudden your wife would just find an old dead man on the floor.
1: Yeah, but that's probably not how I would use that power. <laughs> yeah, probably not.
0: But uh, I don't know, you get an FTL, you never know. Time could fly.
1: That would be what would happen. Yeah, I know. You just I mean, stop like,
0: time and play FTL at work.
1: <laughs> it's like, why do you seem so old? Oh, I spent like 15 years <laughs> just chilling, drinking free beer. Uh-huh. Um, Yeah,
0: <laughs> that'd be good. Stop time is a good one. I like the idea of turning into an animal. something I learned from uh, playing a druid in D&D um mm, crass creatures but i also like summoning an animal uh-huh. uh huh summon- uh something you
1: learn by playing a wizard indie game yeah
0: summon monster um but i also like the idea of instant refrigeration so not instant freeze just instant refrigeration and like this is like a handy like there needs to be a show about superheroes who just have handy powers the handyman. The handyman. And like super refrigeration is is one guy. He can like touch a beer and then it's it like refrigerated. Mm. But not like really cold. Just like, you know, 40 degrees.
1: I want the power to heal inorganic material. To what? To heal inorganic oh, material. Like if I you're like getting it. a fender bender, I can mm-hmm. touch the fender and it heals back to its normal shape. Mm-hmm. That Mm-hmm. That'd be my handyman power.
0: All right. You got one more power.
1: I Can see through walls and get to studs.
0: <laughs> Sorry, apparently your powers uh, garbled the me- garbled the message. There, could you repeat that? Uh, I could see through walls and like see the studs. Oh, stud finder. Yeah, that, that's my name, the stud finder. <laughs> Very handy. Yeah, I think the handyman needs to be coming soon to Hulu Plus. Uh-huh. Hulu Plus original series, um, and uh, we also got a couple of. Uh, more voicemails. These ones regarding our very highly contested championship um, for the breakfast crown. So the first one comes to us from our good old friend uh, Roger Dazzi and his Dolce Drawls. Here he is. Oh, <laughs> and uh, by the way, Cold Pizza, are you kidding me? I'm sorely disappointed that that's in the finals. Flapjacks all the way. Breakfast staple. Come on, people. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> oh, man, Roger summoned a, an episode. He was so passionate about that. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, apparently. So that's Flatjacks. It's two votes for Flatjacks. It and would our- be
1: great if, if, like, two listeners did an episode within an episode. <laughs> I would
0: love that. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway, and then we got another one here uh, advocating for the other side. Here it is. Hey, what's up, lovers? This is your best friend Rob Zip down in Houston, Texas. yee Anyway, um, hopefully it's not too late to...
1: To, uh... hope it's not too late to let me stutter over my speech. Just kidding. Um, so... I'm gonna vote for cold pizza. Hope it's not too late. I'm gonna vote for cold pizza again, so hopefully that's worth four votes. Anyway... um, I miss you guys. And did you hear that they're going to have a PAX South in San Antonio in January? San Antonio is a dump of a town, but it's only three hours away. And if you guys come down, I'll definitely show you guys a good old Texas time. Anyway, um hope you guys uh, are enjoying. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 I love that he cuts himself off. Beautiful yeah, so,
1: something happened to him. I think he just got hit in the deck with, neck with a poison dart or something. I think something. so.
0: Yeah, he just started speaking in slow motion.
1: Where was Rob when the ayahuasca kicked in? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, so we got another vote for uh, cold pizza. Um, let's go ahead and move on to those championships. We'll talk about PAX a little bit later in the show. Yeah. Um, but, uh, God, so hotly contested. In fact, this was the biggest Facebook post we have ever had on the Personal arrogance Facebook page, was the Epic Cold Pizza versus Flat Jacks Championship.
1: It makes us, makes me feel like we've been taking ourselves
0: too seriously. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, God, so many votes. 33 people voted. It was huge. It was gigantic. Um... So let's uh, That's more
1: than certain primaries like from yeah.
0: senators. <laughs> exactly. Let's let's count them off. So we got Joe says cold pizza, Sam says cold pizza. Anthony says uh still bummed waffles didn't make it so he's in for cold pizza. Amy says uh pancakes, vote pancakes. Uh Jimmy says uh cold pizza. Mitch says pancakes. Derek says cold pizza. Andrew says cold pizza. Dee says cold pizza. John says pancakes. Oh god, we're like 2 to 1 here. Cold pizza to pancakes. Um, Flatjacks, cold pizza, uh, pancakes, cold pizza, cold pizza, pancakes, cold pizza, cold pizza, cold pizza. Guys, I think cold pizza wins.
1: Yeah, I don't have an official tally, but I'm pretty sure cold pizza won with about 68% of the vote. Yeah,
0: it's true. I mean, uh, with with half the ballots in, we're going to call it for cold pizza.
1: Flapjack had a good rally at mm-hmm. the end, but it just wasn't enough to overtake the early dominating start that cold pizza
0: yeah, established the grassroots flapjackers really came out of it um in the end I mean we got and people the flapjack people are passionate about it yeah flapjacks. they don't think that
1: it, this is like some sort of like long form birth certificate sort of thing. They're yeah. saying that cold pizza shouldn't even be in the race
0: they're true they want to see cold pizza's breakfast certificate. <laughs>
1: we say you were baked in a pizzeria. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Only Cold Pizza's father was baked in a pizzeria.
0: That's true. His father was baked in a pizzeria, but he was baked at home.
1: (laughs) Yeah. In Uh, a cast iron skillet. In
0: a cast iron skillet. Oh, man. So, yeah, I mean, I guess Cold Pizza wins, guys. And I'm sorry to the Flapjack folks. Valiant effort. Number one seed coming in Flapjack's. So, it was very much like the Yukon uh, Huskies beating the Kentucky Wildcats for the <laughs> national championship in the NCAA. Um, taking home the crown, cold pizza, greatest breakfast food of all time. Love it. And I, th- I hope that this spurs Hotel Continental Breakfast to have cold pizza bars.
1: <laughs> it would be the best thing ever. Oh,
0: God, it'd be awesome. It
1: really would.
0: A um, couple other things here. Uh oh we got one one email here. Uh Malcolm wants uh to hear so uh Stephen Colbert gonna be uh the new letterman. Will this make you watch late night TV, Jesse?
1: Well, he's already on late night TV and I don't watch it, so no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It's funny, like I was watching, you know, Jon Stewart had like this big um had this really nice thing to say about uh Stephen Colbert on this show, uh wishing him well. But I feel like there's a little piece of John Stewart's is like, I I that should have been me.
1: You're kidding me, right? Of no. course they asked John Stewart first.
0: I don't think they did.
1: Oh, come on. They come asked on. John Stewart first and he said no. Like I John to you. Like
0: the thing about John Stewart is like you go back to the Larry Sanders show, which was filmed in the early nineties, um, on HBO, which like it parodies a well it doesn't parody, it like um it's it's set at a late night TV show. And on that show, John Stewart playing himself is the heir apparent to the late night TV show in like nineteen ninety two. And, uh, I don't, I don't think they asked him. I think they went straight to Colbert.
1: Um, well, Stephen Colbert, John Stewart, shared the same agent mm. with Adam Carolla, and Adam Carolla let it be known on his podcast that, in fact, they didn't go to Stephen Colbert. Their agent went to the network people. Well, like, their agent was more proactive about it, and I guarantee you that they wanted. They would have taken John Stewart first, but I think that uh, Comedy Central would be willing to shell out the big money. Like, mm. I, I uh, Stewart would have had to take a pay cut. I bet you anything.
0: Really? I because I oh, feel yeah. like Colbert Report is getting more viewers than the Daily Show now. That might be a completely wrong statement, but it seems like Colbert Report is more of a cultural zeitgeist now than the Daily Show.
1: Even if it is, I think that they. I think Comedy Central wants to anchor around the Daily Show more. Hmm. That's like, that is the heart of their programming more than Colbert is. Colbert's well, a spinoff.
0: It's also interesting because Colbert is a caricature. I mean, yeah, Stephen I know, Colbert's exactly. So I was like, character. how is that
1: going to translate? Yeah,
0: it'll be interesting to see how it moves. But like, Jon Stewart, I feel like, is being more Jon Stewart of the Daily Show than <laughs> Stephen Colbert is being Stephen Colbert. Um, so it. that's another thing is like, Stephen probably wanted it. He's like, how long am I going to play this character? You know, it's a question I'm asking myself as the host of the show, because, like, I am a a polygamist in real life, but I have to, Mm. you know, act like I have only one wife on this show to make it culturally relevant.
1: We both are. I'm a polygamist, but I'm just bad with the ladies, so it's like,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I I can't land more than one wife.
0: Yeah, I mean, we are literally broadcasting from a compound in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho right now.
1: It's not for lack of trying.
0: No. It's true, but there's just not a lot of ladies in Coeur Idaho. Who would have guessed? We picked the wrong place to build a compound. Also, why are we Skyping? We live with that right next door to each other.
1: Mm, it's because you know, the, the passcode yeah. is a lot of digits. It's, it's a like lot of 42 digits. case-sensitive, yeah. alphanumeric.
0: Yeah. It's it, just not worth it. It's the same as my Wi-Fi password. I can't figure out how to change it. <laughs> Uh, anyway, guys, this, uh, this is turning into a topic. So, why don't we get to the real meat of the show? Let's get to the topics, do a little tiny amount of roll off. Here we go. We're each going to roll a 20 sided dice, see who gets to talk first on the podcast this week. And here we go. I rolled a nine, Eric. <sighs> I rolled an 11. Gee, I roll again. I'm liking it. Okay, so we're, uh, we're going to start off this week with a little talk about games. Here we go. Jim. All right, Jesse. Uh, I want to talk about some RPGs this week.
1: RPGs.
0: RPGs?s um, RPGs is a role playing uh, biblical game.
1: The devil has set back the production, though.
0: It's true. It's, um, it's
1: having a. It's it's pulling a Duke Nukem
0: forever. Basically, it's true. It's interesting with the spell allotment, or sorry, the miracle allotment. That you get. <laughs> um, anyways, guys. Uh, RPGs is what I want to talk about today. I want to start off with Thornwatch, which is actually an RPG that I got to play, test, um, a couple weeks ago during Tabletop Day at Card Kingdom. Um, and Thornwatch is an interesting game because it was created by Mike Krahulik, who is uh, one of the founding members of Penny Arcade. He is Gabe in Penny Arcade.
1: He's the artist?
0: Yeah, he's the artist. Okay. Um, and he's also like the DM for the group. Like, he's always the so he has a lot of role playing Dungeons and Dragons um uh, experience, and so he wanted to make a game that um was an RPG, but it was based around cards. And you basically have like a deck, and there's like kind of a deck building element to it, but you use your deck to cast your spells or to do your melee attacks. Um, That's pretty neat within the game. Yeah, and like so the first hurdle here is that oh um well how are you going to role play? Because you know, a big part of role playing games is role playing, which is sure there's <laughs> plenty of like hacking and slashing and it's fun, but a lot of the fun too is like having conversations in character with people, which granted is probably the nerdiest part of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, but-
1: I guess like the point I would want to make is like Dungeons and Dragons is up to a lot of interpretation,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and two groups of people can pick up the same source books and read oh, yeah. them and play two completely different games. One group could like have all their guys on the table and be super specific about who's where and who's mm-hmm. attacking what and the numbers and yep. all that stuff. And the next group, which is like kind of how I like to play, is really fast and loose with the specifics. So it's more about telling a
0: story. Yeah, and like the role playing element of it is like I, that I enjoy is trying to make decisions in character. So mm-hmm. it's less about like, uh, you know, putting on a, a chainmail suit and going to a Ren fair and LARPing. It's more about being like, okay, I'm a druid and I have this backstory and I love nature and I hate undead things and therefore I'm going to react this way to this situation. Right, like, uh, that's that's kind of the interesting part. So at the beginning of this, there there are four classes that we played. Um, and math, I math science yeah exactly
1: social studies. Uh,
0: they the four classes are basically I don't remember exactly what they're called. I remember what mine was called the Green Heart, which is kind of like a druid. Um, so you're like a healer, um, but you have some good spells. And the cool thing that that Green Hearts can do is they can punch seeds into people. So that when they die a tree grows in their place, which is kinda cool. And then the tree has different um the tree has different uh attributes depending on what seed you punched into a guy. Right. So very much like uh uh I don't want to get there. <laughs> there's some Johnny animal. Appleseed
1: was a notorious mass murderer.
0: That's true. <laughs> no, there's some animal it's like there's some animal that they're ma- that they're all born males. And then the way that they mate is that they duel with their penises, and one of them stabs the other one, and wh- whichever one gets stabbed gets impregnated and becomes a woman, and then, uh, and then has the babies.
1: I know, uh, lice are similar to that.
0: Yeah, it's an insect. It's kind of like insane. Um, so you're very much like that.
1: Is what you're thinking. Yes, absolutely. That horn not just for show.
0: That's what I'm saying. Um but so there's a green heart. then there's like uh you know, basically a mage character or wizard who stands back and sells spell slings. There's your bruiser guy who's gonna get out in front and punch people in the face, and then there's your there's your assassin who's gonna float around and stab people real quick and then run away. Um so those are kind of the four classes. But at the beginning of the game you get um two attributes, so they're dealt out to you. Um, so mine were, what was I, I was, uh, bloodthirsty and cocky (laughs) and I was a, and I was a druid.
1: (laughs) Oh my. Yeah.
0: So my, my backstory that I, you have to like create a backstory for yourself. And so my backstory was that I was literally raised by wolves. So I have a very great reverence for nature, but at the same time, I love, uh, you know, the thrill of the hunt and I also have an alpha dog mentality.
1: Yeah, that's perfect.
0: Um, and then and then you're also dealt a scar card, and your scar is like kind of a thing from your past that haunts you and so that gets shuffled into your deck and then as you're playing, if you draw that card you immediately play it and then something happens.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: well there was a guy in our group who had like fear of fire. Uh so as soon as he drew that card he had like a flashback to like a fire and he had he got like minus two to hit or something.
1: So, let me ask you, is there, like, a DM in this game?
0: Yes, there is a DM. Okay. Um, so, there's somebody running the game. Uh, but the way that it was explained, and uh, I was kind of bummed because I got, I got to Card Kingdom, like, early. And I lined up, and I was, like, the third guy in the store to go sign up and play this game. Because I really wanted to play with Mike. But he showed up a little late. <laughs> so, I played with Jamie, who's actually the person who runs Child's Play. And she did an awesome job running the game. And she's run it for like over a year. Um, but this was her first like public playtesting. But I was still a little bummed that, cause like the next group got Mike. So I was a little bummed oh, about
1: that. Oh, that's, yeah, that's kind of weird.
0: Yeah, but whatever. It's, it was, it wasn't that big of a deal. But she did a great job. And, and the way she explained it was that, um, basically like the DM's job is to move the game along. And it's not really to try to kill people, but you have to have somebody who, Um, Manages the uh, initiative track and that sort of thing. Um, Right. But anyway, so each turn you drop to five cards and you can play the spells that are in your hand. And the spells are either spells that you can play or you can use them to buff other spells. So they're basically like if magic cards had an ability and then they also had land attached to them. So you could either play them as land or you could play them as a spell. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and so all your spells need to be buffed by certain things. And so that's how that works. And then as you get wounded, the thing that I really liked was the wound mechanic is every time you get wounded, you get wound cards and those go on top of your deck. And then at the end of the turn, they're shuffled into your deck. So it's kind of like dominion in that throughout the game, you'll start drawing wound cards and you can't play wound cards. So as you keep drawing them, they start filling up your hand. And then if you have five wound cards in your hand, then you die. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so as you get hurt, you can do less, which is kind right. of an awesome way that that works. And then the way that initiative works is that everybody has a card, and all of the bad guys have a card. And at the beginning of each turn, the DM shuffles up the deck and then and then plays it out in a line. And then you go left to right um, down the line of of uh, of all the characters. So you know she'll she'll shuffle up the deck, play you know, those six cards, and then, say, the green heart is first, so then I go first, and then the next person goes next. And then as you hurt bad guys, they get bumped down that list, Um, which is kind of a cool mechanic, because, like, as you start hurting them, then they basically get stumbling back, and then they can't attack in that position. So, all in all, a really, really inventive game, really fun. I totally think I'm going to buy this game, because... Uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, I played a and d game with a bunch of people who had never played before, five new players, and we spent an hour rolling up everybody's characters at the beginning of the game.
1: Ooh, yeah, that's a little tedious. Yeah.
0: This game, you can just hand them a deck of cards and you start playing. Right. Um, so it's like the perfect entry, entry point for people who want to play d and D. I don't know when it'll be available because they're in the very early playtesting phase. In fact, I can, uh, you know, I, I could be proud to say that I was one of the first four people in the world to publicly play test this game, which I was very happy about. Yeah, that's Um, awesome. But, uh, but yeah, really good game. So look out for it. It's Thornwatch. It's from Penny Arcade. And they, they did their homework. You know, they've had, they've had a few games out there, uh, produced by Cryptozoic and none of them have gotten like rave reviews. They have their pinball, uh, their, uh, uh, not pinball table tennis. What is that called? Ping pong. Ping pong. Um, Card game, and then they also have their, uh, their like deck building game. Um, and neither of those have gotten rave reviews, but this is a game that I think could make a big splash. Uh, it's just like a great gateway to RPG game. Um, so I'm excited about it. Thornwatch. Keep your eye out. Um, and then Jesse, I just wanted to ask you real quick. Mm. I am going to be DMing my first game, hopefully like in a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking to somebody and they were, and they were like, I was like, I'm gonna DM this game. it's You're gonna be a, a player in it, and then our friend Levi's gonna be a player in it. And both, I played games with both you and Levi DMing. And right. I was telling my friend that, and he's like, I was like, yeah, it's my first time DMing. And he's like, are the, are the people you're playing with have they ever DMed? And I was like, Yeah, they're like the only DMs I've ever had. And they're like, He's like, Oh no. And I was like, I don't oh, no, think I don't it's don't gonna be it. like that because <laughs> we we're very like you say fast and loose when it comes to uh, the D and D. It's more about having fun, right? Um, but Jesse, you have any you have any um, you know advice for a new DM?
1: The biggest thing is treat it like improv comedy. Um, mm-hmm. Don't say no, say yes, and or not only that, but because uh-huh. I, the worst thing is, and I've played with DMs that just constantly shut you down, and right. it's like, why am I here doing that? But uh, just remember, it's a cooperative storytelling experience. It's not you, the DM, as the all-knowing, you know, God. Of the right. game, it's you are getting the story along and you're writing the bulk of it, but these people need to be able to affect and influence it in ways that are meaningful to them. And the way to do that is when they say they want to do something, be able to think on your toes and accommodate what they want to do.
0: So this is, so there's, there's that element of it, but there's also like, you know, you have to prepare an adventure for these guys. So yeah. how do you do that and still keep them on track?
1: Oh, I don't know. I just make it hard for them to say no to what I have set up, you mm. know. And like when I finish a when I finish a, a game, I ask them what are you going to do next time? Mm. And then once I have that information, I write something that's tailored to what the characters are already planning to do. So it's not too hard to funnel them into an experience when they're already headed that way, they want to head that way, and I'm giving them a big arrow that says go this way. Yeah. And then if they say, no, we're going to do this instead, okay, I can roll with that, and it's mm -hmm. not going to be as much fun because I haven't had as much time to prepare for it. And very quickly, the players catch on to that, like, oh, there's this (laughs) thing that's going to be interesting and nuanced, and we can do that experience, or we can do this thing that he's making up as he goes and that's going to be a lot less interesting.
0: Yeah, that's a uh, th- you know, th- when I play with you, I'm I want to hear the story that you're wanting to tell us. So that's why
1: like, we're here.
0: Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not there to try to fuck up your shit. It's just like you're not there to try to fuck up my shit as a player.
1: No, I'm I'm there to try and facilitate you and that's what makes it fun for me is when the characters start to challenge me as a storyteller. Mhm. That's what I like, and that's why I do it. Not just because I want to tell the story, but because I want some sort of element that's out of my control and sort of chaotic that I have to incorporate into the story because that's fun. That's yeah. fun to me.
0: So I will say, because you and Levi are both very experienced D&D players, um, I'm going to be throwing some tricky stuff at you. Cool. Cool. But I'm, I'm really, really excited about it.
1: (laughs) That's the thing though. Just wait. One of the challenges of a DM is when you put together a situation and there's a way to solve it. Right. And everything and, you know, you've, you've already planned for multiple Mm -hmm. approaches that the players could take and they just can't. Yeah. And (laughs) sometimes you're like, it's right there, guys. Figure it out. It's like, we don't know. We don't know
0: what to do. And then <laughs> Well, that's like there was this game that we that game that we played uh that had five new players in it. Um we were playing it and like the first room we were in, we were like all stuck in the room and the door was like uh you know this this huge door, this huge wooden door. Some guy tried to burn it down, didn't work. They tried to ram it, it didn't work. And so I just walked up to it and turned the handle and it opened.
1: <laughs> yeah, that well, yeah. That's something you can try. Yeah. I don't I don't know. One of my horror stories of pl- being a player in D&D is, like, we rolled up to this castle, like an abandoned castle. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, we were, like, checking all around and trying to figure out a way in and trying to climb the walls and whatever. And we probably spent, like, half an hour, and the DM is just sitting there, like, smirking. Yeah. Because he, w- he would get this stupid smirk on his face, like, uh-huh. when we're... When he thinks he's best at us. And then eventually I was like, I we were all like, we give up. We don't know what to do. I mean, I guess we'll go back. We didn't even really want to be there to begin with. So yeah. fuck it. And he was like, well, the portcullis is halfway open. Like, what? You gotta be fucking kidding me. Like, you yeah. have to tell us that. Of yeah. course. Obviously our guy would notice that. Yeah, obviously. It's,
0: you don't have to do a spot check to see if the portcullis is open.
1: Exactly. But if no one even checked the door...
0: Yeah, and just
1: everyone assumed it was unlocked. I mean, in your scenario. Oh yeah, yeah. Like no one even checked the door yeah, to no begin one with, it. right?
0: So anyway, <laughs> uh, I hope it's going to be a good time for you guys. But I am super excited about it.
1: I'm excited too. Um, and I'm probably going to ask you questions. What's that? Being a player character is a lot of fun. I really like DMing. Mm-hmm. And even, like when I was playing that horror. Uh, player character in that horrible D game the mm-hmm. whole time i was just like man i wish i was in charge <laughs> but then it's it's then when i am in charge sometimes it's like i wish i could just like kind of have fun in someone else's world <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah you do like i'm happy that i'm starting with two people because like five people i feel like is like you got to do a lot of just crowd control
1: five is a lot of people
0: yeah in the game that we played with five new people there were seven people
1: yeah, that that's way too high. 5 is the absolute maximum as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm excited about it and I'll probably be asking you guys questions as we play, but Yeah, uh, totally. I'm stoked about it. We might even uh, I might even throw a mic up and see if we can uh, get it on audio. Oh, Who that knows? might be fun. Um, but Jesse, let's move on to your first topic. What is it?
1: Okay, um let's talk about some movies. Movies.
0: Do you know what nemesis means? You said movies, right? I did. Movies? I know, right? It's weird, but uh,
1: <laughs> so I, I read this Cracked dot com article that I thought was pretty funny. Uh huh. And it's the six male characters women never get to see in movies. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of turning the tropes on their head, sure. Of like what you know, female characters in movies always are. Yeah, but you never you never see the male equivalent. Mm-hmm. So I thought we could dis- discuss them and maybe we could figure out like how these characters would work in a movie, or you know, we've been talking a lot about D and D. Like maybe we can figure out a way to fit these into a D and D game. I like it. So, number six is the hum (laughs) fatale. He wants power and he's not afraid to use sex to get it. Oh, God. Sometimes he keeps his fly unzipped in a way to get easy access to police files and lawyers' offices. Oh, God. (laughs) I love this idea of, like, the super sexy dude who's able to use his sexuality.
0: (laughs) I think that that's in movies, though. I think that's basically Brad Pitt's role in every movie.
1: A little bit in Fight Club, yeah.
0: <laughs> like it's there's definitely that like I'm a very sexy man.
1: Yeah, true. There's always sexy guys, but it's never like there's women in a in like a power position, and mm. like this guy is so sexy that he's able to use his sexuality <laughs> to uh, to seduce these women in power positions and get them to bend to his will.
0: Isn't that basically what James Bond is about?
1: Yeah! (laughs) I don't know. You're the Bond expert. Yeah, I
0: mean, James Bond is basically inexplicable sexuality. Like, Roger Moore at 60, in like the 1979 A View to a Kill, is not a sexy dude, but he has sex with like three women in that movie, all of which get him to his end. Like, it's like, that guy must be wearing some pheromone perfume, because he is an old, old wrinkly man.
1: I love it. Okay, so... Maybe 007 is a Humphatel.
0: I think the 007, that's basically like half of, I mean, pre, but even Daniel Craig, like he comes out of the water with the little bikini on in the Ursula Andrus type uh, turnaround in Casino Royale. He was wearing a bikini? He's wearing like a, basically a bikini. He's, he's like basically three inches of fabric away from a bikini.
1: Okay. I like that though.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think James Bond is the fatal.
1: Here is a, so I was watching X-Files the other day, right? Mm-hmm and there's an episode where there's like basically a doppelganger, a guy who can shapeshift and take on anyone's appearance.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And he takes on Mulder's appearance and like s- seduces Scully.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I was thinking it would be really funny if there was like a fantasy uh premise where there's like two doppelgangers who don't know each other. <laughs> And they both <laughs> doppelgang people. Uh-huh, yeah. And, and end up like trying, they're trying to seduce each other. They think that they could, each one can seduce the next one to get advantage. Yeah. And it turns out it's just like, it basically ends up with two doppelgangers humping.
0: Uh, that, that is really like a hilarious, that's like almost Shakespearean comedy of errors.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, well, thank you. Okay, number yeah. five is the wet blanket. <laughs> The girls in your movie know how to have fun, but at least one of their husbands is a crazy
0: killjoy. I actually love this idea. (laughs) This needs to be in a movie.
1: I feel like this could be played by, like, your Tim Heidecker.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, that's... He basically did play that role in Bridesmaids.
1: I actually haven't seen that one. Yeah,
0: he has, like, three scenes in that whole movie, and I think he has one line, but (laughs) he is, like, the straight-laced husband, or, you know, groom-to-be in that movie.
1: So how could we get like a if there's like an all all ladies D and D group? Mm. Who who's the male NPC wet blanket that we work into this?
0: Hmm, this is interesting.
1: So maybe they're all like all the all the players are like knights of some sort, mm-hmm. and he's like the town priest who's like, guys, yeah, <laughs> do we have to kill the dragon? Or I mean, maybe the dragon. We should just talk to him.
0: Guys, seriously. Yeah, he's gotta be like a, like a monk. I feel (laughs) like that's why nobody plays monks.
1: I'm gonna be a monk.
0: (laughs) I already rolled your character, man. Don't, I'm gonna,
1: I'm gonna be the PC from hell. (laughs) I'm gonna somehow change my entire character. I'm gonna be so bad. Alright, number four is the contest prize. Remember in high school how all the girls were always scheming about how to get the guy, their guy of their dreams to notice them? (laughs) Yeah. So, I guess this is the opposite of, like, all the guys Mm -hmm. competing to get the hot chick, you know? Yeah. So, this is the guy
0: version. I feel like this is in some movies, too. Uh, Yeah? Yeah.
1: I'm having a hard time thinking of it. Maybe, like, Ten Things I Hate About You?
0: Yeah, that's a a little bit. Although, Heath Ledger in that movie was actually, like, a gross dude that nobody liked. (laughs) And uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was a nerd that nobody liked. Mm. But, I do think uh, in, um, uh, god, what's that movie with Lindsay Lohan? Mean Girls. There was, like, the trophy dude that they were all going after. Okay. Regardless, (laughs) if it takes us that long to think of two movies that have a dude in that role, I think we obviously know that that trope is, uh, is pretty prevalent. Because you could name, like, 12 movies that have a female in that lead.
1: What do you say about what number about three? Sixteen the s-
0: candles. What
1: um, meant. didn't see that one. Mm. This is what happens when I bring up a movie topic. <laughs> 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 what about number three? The sexy gay henchmen. Mm-hmm. As everyone knows, there's nothing sexier than same sex hand to hand combat. Torn cro- clothing, sexy snarls, dirty groping bodies rolling around in the muds, grodoms rubbing against each other. Woo!
0: Yeah. Um. <laughs>
1: That's basically any MMA match, though.
0: Basically. Yeah, I think also Tim Heidecker in this role would be good.
1: <laughs> and Eric Worm. Yeah, I love it. Although, you know what the, no, what movie did have that, though? Is Borat.
0: Oh, you're right.
1: The naked uh, wrestling sex scene. <laughs> that they weren't having sex. They were backing. just
0: wrestling totally nude. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yeah. What's the last one?
1: All right. Uh Number one is The Plot Advancer. It's considered clumsy storytelling to have your main character simply tell viewers how great she is, or to have other characters verbally list her personality traits. Uh-huh. Good writer should know show, not tell. And therefore, it's best to add an ornamental male character or two to show us what your heroine is like. hmm
0: <laughs> I, see, I like this whole article. Because, first of all, it's, uh... The reason why it's absurd is because it it it, it let it'll, it forces you to put that shoe on the other foot right and be like, "Oh yeah, I guess that that uh you know it's it's so interesting to me because I have a really hard time envisioning strong female characters because there's so many characters who I don't feel like are strong female characters who are lauded as strong female characters, such as um I don't know uh." <laughs> it's
1: like, I mean, you take, like, a Laura Croft or something. Right. Yeah, Laura, and then you actually Laura Croft watch is, it, and it's like, oh, wait, she was, like, rescued by dudes at the end of that.
0: Yeah, rescued by dudes at the end of it, and also wearing, like, zero clothing the whole time. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, you know, that's why a movie like Bridesmaids is, like, such a good movie, because it breaks down all those barriers, and it's just funny on face value. Right.
1: I really need to watch that.
0: Yeah, I think Kristen Wiig's character in, uh... Actually, it would be probably Maya Rudolph's character in *Bridesmaids* is like the strong female character that's like awesome. I don't. It's 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 and like I I'm not trying to judge. I'm not trying to say like Laura Laura Croft is not an awesome female character. I'm just saying like there's tropes, man. And I think mm-hmm. when you break those tropes, that's when you find like the real gems in characters.
1: Yeah, so. totally. I agree.
0: Anyway. But this was this was hilarious. I, I it's really like, like when it.
1: you're when you're you have to break a trope by playing a druid who's also like cocky and bloodthirsty. Exactly. That's why it can be such an interesting like writing. I've been, th- uh, I've just been, I haven't actually been writing, mm-hmm. but I would like to be writing more. And I kind of just want to take a character and like put him somewhere or her somewhere and just like write and figure it out. Like not have a idea of where it's even going. Just yeah. kind of like try and animate something out of basically, you know, someone somewhere and figure mm-hmm. it out. But, yep. like, something about that game you are talking about, Thornwatch, that's really interesting that it, you have personality thrown in that might not, you know, sort of drive with what you're expecting when you think of a druid, you know? You yep. don't think of him as cocky and bloodthirsty when you're forced to. Then you can make a really complex and interesting character.
0: Yeah, and it's the interesting thing about Thornwatch too, is there's this weird mechanic where if you, cause you still roll dice to hit, and mm-hmm. if you miss by one, then you can try to explain to the uh, DM why you should have hit. Right. But it has to like fit your character. Uh huh. So, like, for me, I missed by one when I was fighting a skeleton, and I was like, well, I was raised by wolves. We were non on a lot of bones. <laughs> and frankly i when i fight skeletons i give it a little, a little extra effort because i get that I get bloodthirsty for their bones i love that yeah <laughs> and i and got and i got it
1: that's what i'm talking about with like the yes and attitude like a great mm-hmm. dm will be like okay i like that you're contributing to the storytelling so i'll grant you that whereas a bad dm would just be like no, you rolled a twelve and you needed a thirteen, so it didn't work yeah, <laughs> so that's that's where being a good d m is like rolling with your uh players when they have something interesting to contribute to mm-hmm. the story
0: yeah yeah so there you go I'll, also I just want to highlight uh there's that there's a graphic novel that I talked about in here a while ago called Black Hole mm-hmm. that has really strong, interesting female characters in it that you have never seen before in a story. Cool. Um, also, would you... I've, I don't watch X-Files, but would you say Scully is, like, a good, strong female character?
1: Absolutely not. No? <laughs> she got fucking... Like, she gets kidnapped, like, every episode... Tasha and I actually have a goof where it's uh-huh. like, drink, take a drink every time Scully gets kidnapped, and it, it comes up more than you would think, and she's always getting rescued by Mulder. And that episode where I was talking about where the doppelganger took over Mulder and, like, seduced right. her, it was so obvious! Like, yeah. that he was a doppelganger. He's, like, fumbling with... He can't figure out what key opens his office right in front of her, and he gives him... He's, like, giving her inappropriate touches that Mulder would never do. And uh-huh. she's a freaking FBI agent. And she doesn't <laughs> figure out that he's acting abnormally. Yeah. So, no. No, I don't think she's great female.
0: <laughs> Interesting. Well, I, I also... I mean, I guess this is a discussion for another day, but um, there's the idea of, like, the
1: that day is like the, the same day of the year but just
0: 1993 yeah exactly i'm just saying i'm just saying like there's also the idea of like the male character which has got become a caricature which is basically what the expendables is all about it's like that <laughs> macho dude character anyway, yeah i guess all we're saying is go outside the tropes gentlemen and ladies
1: mm-hmm. cuz that's where a real interesting character is born
0: yeah that's where tim and eric live they live way off the map <laughs> they live off the grid
1: they don't even live up to the tropes of like normal production of a, <laughs> no. like, of a film or a series
0: it's interesting like something can be really weird but it's interesting if it is so outside the norm that it doesn't relate to anything but it's still familiar
1: <laughs> yeah that's still
0: anyway
1: what, what makes me interested by that though is like the celebrities that they draw to them by doing something like that
0: yeah and i think that portlandia kind of started that as well yeah started doing that as well i I haven't seen the recent season but i think it's hard to carry something on like that for a long time i agree but um but yeah i I agree uh let's move on to some trivia let us let us uh we're gonna gonna be doing um genus one trivia pursuits switching it up roll to one Time for some geography, Jesse. ready to go?
1: Oh, my favorite.
0: All right. You get to go first. Uh, Please play along at home. What river are the cities of Patna and Calcutta on?
1: Uh, I don't know. I'm going kind to of embarrass myself. I don't think I could name a river in India. So I will say the
0: Deuz River, D-U-Z. <laughs> I believe that is in Evra. Or whatever the name of the land <laughs> where the d and d campaign were in is set, I believe it's the Ganges, mm. and it is the Ganges well, done, uh Jesse's question for me. What country's capital is Tirana, Tirana? I'm just going to go with Italy. that's totally wrong. it's definitely Rome uh Tirana, <laughs> Tirana. Albania. Albania is the country. Learn something new every day. Jesse, this question's for you. Please play along at home. What country forms a 2000-mile archipelago along the east coast of Asia? 2000 mile uh 2000-mile is- archipelago or archipelago if you are British.
1: Is it Indonesia?
0: Uh geez, I'm just going to go with Japan. Yep, it's Japan.
1: Oh, god, that was my first thought, but then I was like, no way is that 2,000 miles.
0: Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Cause like oh, Seattle man. to San Diego is 1,000 miles. Wow. Yeah. Maybe- I, wow. Yeah.
1: I'm impressed. I'm not even mad.
0: <laughs> uh, just see question for me, and it's a little bit of a victory lap. What city is surrounded by Rome? I believe that is Vatican City.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I think it's, um, the Vatican City, like the Ohio State University.
0: I'm looking at the answer here. There's no the in front of Vatican City. So Eric wins everything tonight.
1: Congratulations. It's
0: very exciting. And that means we get to talk about more games. Here we go. Finish him. Alright, Jesse. We t- uh, uh, Rob Zip mentioned this a little bit uh toward the beginning of the show, but it has been announced where the next PAX will be. It will be PAX South and it'll be in San Antonio, Texas.
1: Ye motherfucking ha.
0: <laughs> Ye motherfucking ha. Uh so there have been um you know there there were three PAXs up until this point. There was PAX, which I believe was founded in two thousand four. There was PAX East, which was founded in 2010, and there was PAX Australia, which was founded in 2013.
1: Right, but uh, it's not confirmed that PAX Australia is a recurring theme.
0: Well, it, yeah, it is. I mean, it's, oh, is a, it? It's I thought it might year. be, like, roving. Um, no, it's going to be in Australia.
1: It's, oh, my bad. It's
0: And I think it's still going to be in Melbourne. I believe that um, it's moving to a different expo hall, though, in Melbourne. Well,
1: that... Never mind. Um, I don't know what I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> no, pack South is, is definitely happening. Um, but yeah, now pack South. So Jesse, what is your gut reaction to hearing pack South San Antonio, Texas? Uh,
1: well, I'm happy it's happening. I mm-hmm. view it as like a pressure release valve. Okay. Just blowing off the pressure so that uh, the pressure will be released, mm-hmm. and there will be less chaos and less people and less... Uh, general fuckery yeah. regarding Pax Prime.
0: Which I don't think is going to happen.
1: It'll help a little bit.
0: I think it'll help a little bit, but like, even Pax East uh, didn't release that pre- pressure valve at all. And I understand that Pax East is 3,000 miles away from Seattle, but I think San Antonio is about 2,000 miles away from Seattle, or as you might, you know, as a crow flies, the entire length of Japan's archipelago. Um. <laughs> But That's a
1: tired crow.
0: It is a tired crow. Um, yeah, I mean, I hope it. I hope it releases this pressure valve. But I feel like Pax Prime is just like like it says. It's not even Pax West or not even Pax Seattle. It is Pax Prime. It is the Pax.
1: Right, but how much more crazy would it be if there were no Pax East? I think I argue yeah. that there would be even more chaos and even more you know difficulty mm. obtaining PAX passes and even more people crammed in there
0: now how many packs east did you go to you go to three or two i went to three jeez man that's cray cray yeah so you yeah so you live in seattle or you live in the seattle area
1: uh well we don't like to refer to it as the seattle
0: area we we
1: like to say seattle is part of the port townsend area
0: okay great job uh you live within two hours of seattle
1: we're all here because we're not all there.
0: <laughs> but you would literally get on a plane and fly to PAX East just to go to PAX East to experience yeah. two Paxes a year, even though there's a PAX right in your backyard. You yeah, I get to. it.
1: In retrospect, I realize now that that may be part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Because I was encroaching on their PAX. Yeah. And they have their turf. You know, they're Biggie, we're Tupac, and I Mm -hmm. shouldn't be, I shouldn't be, you know, experimenting (laughs) with both genres.
0: The thing that I really like here, this, I think this is a, a, this is a solving idea, is that you can only buy tickets to packs if your zip code is in, of your billing address is in certain states.
1: Well, that's what they do with like playoff games for the, for NFL. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. The Seahawks like sold 2,000 tickets, I think, to, or, no, they, the Seahawks did not sell any tickets to people with a California zip code Yeah, for the 49ers game. If Which, you, yeah, they, it's fine. Because the 49ers got like an allotted amount of tickets, so they could sell those themselves. But mm-hmm. the Seahawks themselves only sold tickets to people who lived in Washington, Idaho, Oregon, Montana, Alaska, and British Columbia, I think.
1: I am A-OK with something like that being applied to Penny Arcade Expo.
0: That would actually be kind of awesome. Yeah. So the other thing about this is that PAX packs, um, packs South, down in San Antonio, is going to be...
1: Also, like, Australia's going to be like, okay, you're south?
0: <laughs> exactly. What's up with that? <laughs> and, and really, like, I don't think of Texas as a southern state.
1: It's kind of its own thing.
0: Yeah, it kind of is. I mean, and like, even, especially San Antonio, like, I think of that more as, like, southwest. But yeah, maybe I'm just no, a dumb just dumb. I
1: mean it's like there's the Southwest, which is like Arizona, New Mexico, mm-hmm. yep.
0: Yep. Uh, Nevada. Nevada. Mm-hmm.
1: Then you got like Texas, and then you have the Southeast, which is like Louisiana. It, like no, see, Louisiana- I think
0: when I think of the South, I think of Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, and like probably it, it just
1: blows my Tennessee. mind because it, it's like Tex- Texas, like touches Louisiana, right? Yeah. That's crazy to me. Those <laughs> In my brain, those are totally, like, broken off, totally compartmentalized. Louisiana is there. Texas is there. Uh-huh. Never the twain shall meet. Like, yeah. it doesn't seem like they should share a border to me.
0: Yeah, like, I really feel like they should have just called it Pax Texas. Not Pax South.
1: Yeah, they should call it Tax of Access.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Paxis. Yeah. In San Antonio Paxus.
1: I do like that, like, in Latin, Pax means peace, so it's like, the peace of the (laughs) south. The peace of the east.
0: (laughs) The peace of the prime.
1: Peace prime. The original peace started here, and it spread (laughs) to the east and the south, and even to Australia.
0: Uh, the other part about this PAX South is it's gonna be taking place at the end of January, which I think is kind of a weird thing because games in general don't get released in like early February, March. <laughs> That's
1: dead zone, man. It's
0: total dead zone for game releases and like, like summer, like, um, PAX, you know, was a, is is a great time uh, for conventions because it's at the end of all of these conventions. It kind of marks the end of the convention season because it's Labor yeah. Day weekend. So you're past E three, you're past Gamescom in Germany, you're past uh, you know all all of the game stuff, and it ends nicely with packs, and you get all of those great booths and all the merch and stuff, and people are very happy, and it's like the last hurrah. PAX East now has slid into the beginning of the convention season, so it basically begins with PAX East and ends with PAX Prime. But now you've got PAX South in January, which makes me think that PAX South is going to have to be more catered toward board gaming and indie gaming.
1: That's what I was just going to say. Indie gaming. I mean, Texas is already like... We're going to start our own country. We're the Lone Star State, blah, blah, <laughs> blah. So it's like, maybe it'll be like the ultimate indie convention, yeah. which would be great. Yeah, Although, maybe. Although yeah. the ultimate indie convention really should be held in Indianapolis.
0: Well, there's only one PAX left. Uh, there's only one direction left for a PAX to take place. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's PAX Toronto. North. Yeah, It would actually be awesome. Like, PAX Montreal would be a f- awesome, dude.
1: Yeah. And there's, great. Some,
0: there's some good, uh, game developers up in Montreal. So much poutine. So much poutine. Are you tempted at all to go to the San Antonio convention? Because I'm actually pretty tempted.
1: I think it would be a lot of fun, but I mean, it's just hard for me to even fathom the mm-hmm. logistics of me getting my ass down there. Like. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. That I, There's a lot of hoops to jump through for that to happen.
0: I feel like San Antonio is not a city that's easy to fly to.
1: I, like, if you asked me to name 100 American cities, San Antonio would not come up.
0: <laughs> if you asked me to name 100 American cities, 98 of them would be in Washington State. <laughs> Touché. Yeah. I mean, San Antonio, they got a professional basketball team that's pretty good.
1: Uh, the, they are the San Antonio Knicks?
0: <laughs> Close. They're, they're the Spurs. Spurs,
1: Spurs. Yeah.
0: Former American Basketball Association team.
1: Whatever that means. Yeah.
0: Um, no, I
1: mean, it's just like, I don't know. I have, I'm really I would love to. It would be great if I got to do that, but just the whole list of things that are going to happen, yeah. I don't think
0: PAX South is on there. Well, do you so this you know, but are you tempted by this idea? Like honestly, Pax South sounds a little bit more tempting to me than Pax East even does. Cuz Pax East is I would is definitely blown
1: up. I would definitely go to Pax South before I went to Pax East. Yeah. For sure. One, it would be great to go to Texas in January. Yeah. When I'm freezing my ass off and yeah. I can go down to somewhere where it's like 60. Yeah. That would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Two, I would just like to go and experience a new city for sure.
0: Mm hmm. Get on the river walk. I've watched a lot of Travel Channel specials about San Antonio.
1: Yeah, and uh, Rob Zip said he'd show us a Texas time. Mm hmm which i think would be fun i would love to go shoot stuff and eat like ribs and drink a bunch of texas beers <laughs> yep. i i think i would make a great texan honestly
0: that's true you got you, all you need is a belt buckle dude you're basically a texan
1: totally i already have a belt buckle made out of a kentucky bourbon barrel so there you go i think that might fly
0: <laughs> yeah i'm definitely tempted by this and you know this is the time of year where i need to take a warm vacation like I need to get out of the slog of Seattle and, and go someplace warm. So, God, San Antonio sounds kind of fun. I don't know. I'll check the airfare.
1: I'd love to go. Yeah. If I could crowdsource this thing, if maybe we could do a live show and charge mm-hmm. like four hundred dollars a ticket, right? I don't know. If I, if I could make a, <laughs> a few hundred bucks and get down there, we could yeah, do a we'll, live show. We'll charge
0: $400 a ticket and Rob Zip and the Martinez Clan will show up. That's, uh, 1600 bucks right there. And yeah, I think perfect. that'd be the only people in the audience.
1: Even better.
0: Mm hmm. A lot uh, it. Um,
1: yeah, no, if, if there is some way for me to get down there, I'd love to, but I just, I don't see it happening.
0: All right. Well, let's start the hashtag now. Get Jesse to San Antonio. It's a long one um uh, but the, let's get that trending. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited about it, though. I think it'll be cool. Oh, real quick Jesse, any other place that you think I think Montreal would be a great place, but where do you think the next packs should be? Apparently Robert Koo says that there there could be up to 6 packs. That's how much he thinks wow. that they can handle. So this would be the fourth packs. Where do you think the next packs should be?
1: Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yeah. Um Miami.
0: PAX Florida. That'd be weird. And,
1: uh... I don't know.
0: It'd be interesting. Vancouver,
1: BC, the same weekend as PAX Prime.
0: <laughs> That's actually awesome, dude. No, I think Montreal would be a really good place. They haven't done PAX in a place that doesn't have an English-speaking, um, you know, country. Right.
1: Well, they should do... I've been saying this. They should do PAX Romana.
0: <laughs> in Italy?
1: It writes itself. (laughs) I don't have any... You could uh, could just book the Coliseum. It's been around for a billion years.
0: Oh, that would be sick.
1: It's not going anywhere.
0: Yeah, and, like, apparently they're already... They've talked about it, like, they don't have a convention in Germany or or England because there are already game conventions that kind of cover that thing there.
1: Right, that makes sense.
0: But maybe Pax Paris.
1: Mmm, Pax Paris.
0: Pax Paris. All right, Jesse, what's your seco topo?
1: Oh, I got some science.
0: If today
1: we're able to create a two headed dog with six legs,
0: is it possible that a similar creature existed thousands of years ago? (laughs) And I say yes. Great stuff.
1: Great stuff.
0: That that quote, like every once in a while, I actually listen to it and it always makes me laugh. It's so absurd. It's so crazy. I just love the ending. And I say yes. I say yes. <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: All right. So, Boston.com. A quick candy bar may stave off more than hun- hunger, Eric. Mm. It could prevent major fights between husbands and wives, at least if a new study that used
0: voodoo dolls is right. <laughs> Dolls. Now this that's... is a study I can get behind. I, I need dolls. to be the
1: person with the uh, placebo voodoo doll.
0: <laughs> voodoo, voodoo dolls. <laughs> oh my god! I need to work voodoo dolls into the D and D campaign. <laughs>
1: I actually like that idea. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's because low blood sugar can make spouses touchies touchy. Touchy. Uh, researchers propose. In fact, it can make them hangry—a mm-hmm. combination of hungry and angry," said yeah. Ohio State University. The psychology researcher Brad Bushman. <laughs> we need <laughs> glucose. I, we need glucose for self-control," said Bushman, mm-hmm. lead author of the study, which was released Monday in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Anger is the emotion that most people have difficulty controlling. So these researchers studied 107 married couples for three weeks. Each night, they measured their levels of the blood sugar glucose and asked each participant to stick pins in a voodoo doll representing his or her spouse that indicated levels of aggression. Mm. So the researchers found that the lower the blood sugar levels, the more pins were pushed into the doll.
0: Jesus Christ. Like, I really feel like if you handed me a voodoo doll of my spouse and said, this is Lydia, stab her with pins, I'd be like, fuck, it doesn't matter how mad I am, I'm not going to sta- ceremonially stab my wife with pins.
1: Well, here's the thing. The study also found that the spouses were gener- generally not angry at each other. About 70% of the time, people didn't put any pins in the doll. Yeah. The average for the whole study was a bit more than one pin a night per person.
0: I feel like those people should find some marriage counseling or something. (laughs) It's just like, why? That's really violent to be like, I'm going to stab this representation of my spouse.
1: But you don't need to. All you have to do is find a vending machine, Eric, because Mm. eating a candy bar might be a good idea if spouses are about to discuss something touchy. (laughs) Because the more blood sugar. this happens to me all the time. There was a there was a time I remember this very clearly. I went up to Bellingham with my uh mom and my sister to try and like search out a uh, a place for me to live. Yeah. This was when uh I was moving into college out of my parents' house. Uh-huh. And uh, I had, like, this crazy allergy attack. I, like, could barely open my eyes. I was, like, sneezing all the time. I was, like, itchy and just horrible. And we were, like, at each other's throats. It was unpleasant and horrible. And then we went and we ordered a pizza and we just sat and chilled and ate pizza. And after that, it was, like, totally A-OK. Yeah. It's like that commercial with the Godzilla. Oh, yeah. And they just throw him a Snickers bar and he chills out.
0: No, this is uh this happens a lot. Uh, you know, if we're ever going on an extended road trip,
1: mm.
0: Lydia packs the snacks because she understands there's a Walkwest hunger.
1: Yeah, there's,
0: there's a, definitely
1: a Wilson hunger. There's too. a
0: real th- there's a real Walkwest hunger, and if I'm driving and I'm hungry, everybody on the road becomes a major asshole. <laughs> Everyone,
1: especially you, ironically. Yeah.
0: That's the problem. I literally mean everyone. Mm-hmm. This is a universal effect. Um, yeah.
1: It's, it's taken me a long time to figure out that, like, maybe I'm just, maybe I should eat something.
0: Yeah. And no. I won't
1: be such an asshole.
0: Totally. Yeah. And so Lydia's great with this because she has the snacks. She understands this. she works with babies all the time. It's like, <laughs> just give them some food, man. Like it, I I was thinking about this because I was uh, there was some study that was posted about like human behavior and human eating. I really feel like humans are the only creature that eat meals. Like when I think about kind
1: of like grazing,
0: yeah, like every animal, like and maybe I'm completely off base on here, but when I make an observation, it's that every animal is constantly trying to eat food, and I mean. Mm -hmm. Like dogs obviously will eat food at any time. Um right. cats they'll eat food when they're hungry, but they still eat throughout the day. Like whenever it's they're
1: like hungry. a lion though or a hyena.
0: That's the most animals lives are committed to finding food.
1: Yeah, that yeah,
0: all the time. Like a whale has to eat literally all the time. An elephant yeah, has to eat all the time. They're
1: fucking plankton and they weigh 500 tons.
0: Yes. But but yeah, like every animal just eats all the time and we as humans have decided, no, we're only going to eat three times a day because eating is time-consuming.
1: Except we're all going to snack all the time and just not tell each other. That's true. And pretend that's normal.
0: I don't know, man. I went in a long time without eating today. I got in the zone. I got in a flow zone, which was which is when you don't eat because you're flowing on something.
1: Yeah, I do that too. I I actually don't eat all that much.
0: But I was just saying, like, it's. But I certainly drink enough beer to cover the calories. Uh, <laughs> but it's, uh, but yeah, it's interesting to me. Like, human's going to break this up. It's like, maybe we should just snack all day and not eat meals.
1: Yeah. Especially, like, huge carb loads, mm-hmm. like flapjacks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you eat a short stack every morning. Yeah. Like... I'm gonna load up on this thing that's gonna take my body six hours to digest. But don't <laughs> worry, I'll drink this coffee that'll get me through.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And then I'll be A-OK till lunch. Oh god, I'm exhausted. <laughs> it's 9.45 and I wanna die. Yeah,
0: exactly. I'm just like, maybe we should just be snacking all day.
1: No, I think that, uh, I think that's the wise thing to
0: do. Snack no meals. That's, mm-hmm. the, that's the new fad diet. It's the no meal diet. You're either eating or you're trying to get food. And by trying to get food, I mean hunting. That's what humans were made to do.
1: Mm, Yeah, that's true. It's interesting. So um, Google Mm -hmm. announced Monday that it has acquired Titan Aerospace.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: A startup founded in 2012 that makes high-altitude solar-powered drones, Mm -hmm. which is cool. The purchase is uh, part of a new push in Silicon Valley to find ways of delivering internet service to underserved areas, particularly the developing world. So I guess you just Mm. strap on like a uh, router to one of these bad boys. as like roving internet.
0: Kind of awesome. Yeah. Also, really Google? Because you seem to have a pretty big Google Earth infrastructure that's based off of satellites. Maybe you'd like to own them yourself. (laughs) But these are
1: drones, not satellites.
0: Right, okay.
1: Totally different. Titan Aerospace and Google share profound optimism about the potential for technology to improve the world, Google said. uh It's still early days, but atmospheric satellites could help bring internet access to millions of people and help solve other problems, including disaster relief and environmental damage like deforestation. Eric, you're completely right about this. (laughs) Atmospheric satellites is what they're calling them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They're just going to float up there. I do like the idea, like... I feel like one of the things, and Jesse, I think you're with me on this, you know, we've talked about this, like, our our generations in the future, they're going to be like, I can't believe that they let people drive cars. <laughs>
1: yeah, totally. Just the day I went out to my apartment complex's parking lot, I'm like, yeah. there's so many fucking cars here. There's like seven people, and everyone <laughs> has a car.
0: Yeah, every single person has a car. There's not too many every, cars. Not every apartment has a car, every person has a car. This, and, so, like, this is one thing. Another thing is, like, people are going to be like, wait a second. You were in your, you would have to, like, go to certain places to get the internet? Like, the internet isn't literally floating around us at all times for access? Like, I hope that that's the future.
1: But then, at the same time, they're going to be like, and you could keep a secret on it? (laughs) Like, that's the flip. It's like... You yeah. had to go there, but, like, what you did wasn't, like, public domain, mm-hmm. basically. Like, yeah. everyone knows everything you ever do on it at all times.
0: Yeah, that's one thing that's interesting with this Google phone is basically I'm just signing to Google at all times. Which is kind of, like, I guess normal, because anytime you're signing to Gmail, it's like you're constantly signed to Google. But it's also, like, tracking things. So, like, like, with my new phone, I could be, like, I just say, OK, Google, and then it goes to... Uh, a search window, and then I say, Mariners. So, over just, like, the week of me saying Mariners, it now, instead of showing Mariners, shows the Mariners' score of the current game that's happening. Right. Because I would, like, go to the score.
1: It doesn't take you to, like, a fishing tackle
0: website? No, No, originally took me to this thing with, yeah, like, tall ships. Um, (laughs) Anyway. No, but I mean, it's kind of interesting. I think it'd be good. I'm just saying... um. It's really interesting to me, like, a search engine is buying aerospace stuff, and a social media site is buying virtual reality technology. Like, they are elbowing their way into this new world. I mean, Google and Facebook are kind of becoming the new Microsoft and Apple.
1: Uh, total. I don't think they're becoming it. I think they already are it.
0: Yeah. It's really interesting, and it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic plays out. Also, man, Facebook, just in general, is becoming so shitty. Like, yeah, I no, lo- it sucks. I log into Facebook and literally, like, I maybe get, like, one out of nine are actually one of my friends posting something. Everything else is either an ad or a corporate website telling me to look click a link.
1: But here's the thing. All I do is bitch moan and complain about Reddit. I complain about yep. Facebook. because what I do when I go online. I go to Facebook and Reddit. I, mm-hmm. I can't help myself.
0: I, I literally have the muscle memory of F-A-C-E.
1: Oh, On my yeah, left hand. It's 100%. Like, it's bad. Automatically.
0: Like... F-A-C-E and then enter because it's already in my search. Or I need it's already to go to browser.
1: rehab for, like, computer shit. Yeah?
0: <laughs> anyway. Wait, you guys didn't have rehab centers for digital technology?
1: <laughs> yeah. No, back then you could just do it all, all the time, all you want. Everyone thought it was A-OK. <laughs> it's all good, boss.
0: Good. I feel like our generation is going to be such weird old people.
1: Yeah, well, hopefully we make it that far before, like the singularity, cyborg drones from Google Book, like just assimilate us and assimilate us into the piles of carbon that they use to fuel their data centers.
0: <laughs> I just think it's hilarious. Like, like, like you know, like the old people now, part of the greatest generation. You have like a great legacy, I guess,
1: except old people now are were born in like nineteen forty two.
0: That's true. No, I am talking about like super old people. Because, oh, like, okay. we're going to be living, like, 110. We're going to be... They're going to get this, like, stem cell so. injection, and we're just going to be rolling forever.
1: That'd be cool. That's
0: one thing about the Walkwist Clan, is that our hearts beat forever. We got old, <laughs> old people in our clan. <laughs> So like, we're going to be super old. And then like, you got like the hippie generation, at least like, you know, people grew up during the sixties. Like you, you've understand all the social turmoil and then like figuring out this new America and this new society. There's a lot of like enlightenment from that period moving on. And then you've got like the eighties on, like are going to be the weirdest old people. Like we grew up, like what is, what happened for us? MTV and then Facebook. Like this, this defines our generation. Anyway.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I think we're going to be defined by the fact that someone that's our age mm-hmm. actually did grow up in an, a pre-internet existence. Like, I remember yeah. getting Netscape, oh, you yeah. know, and, and that kind of thing. Like, what'll make us interesting is that we did live in this age before the information age.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, I guess so. Like, I remember we got Prodigy Internet in, like, 1989.
1: Oh, we have Prodigy, too! Yeah.
0: my dad had a Prodigy crewneck sweatshirt.
1: Yeah, he, he swapped out that one for the Tool Time yeah. Home Improvement. Dude,
0: <laughs> Lydia was talking, we were talking about, like, terrible movies, and for some reason, Lydia hates the Santa Claus. But the original Santa Claus, like, I really like that movie, and then, my, and then Lydia was like, oh, you you and your Tim Allen... <laughs> <laughs> like, and I was like, "Yeah, my dad literally owned three home improvement te- three home improvement shirts."
1: And you were like, Bruh.
0: "Yeah," I was like, hur,
1: hur, hur, hur. "I don't think so, Tim." Mm, Halloween episode, am I right? <laughs> God, home improvement, what the
0: hell? And my dad bought all of them at Sears.
1: How many millions of dollars did he make off of that?
0: Tim Allen, man. Tim Allen. What are we talking about? Science?
1: Uh, I think it's time for the Facebook roundup. All but right. but Before, before we, we do that.
0: <laughs> before we do that, let's talk about BaldMove.com, guys. A lot of stuff happening. BaldMove.com. More stuff happening every single day. Game uh, of
1: Thorns, baby.
0: Game of Thorns is happening, Um, of course. Um, I'm just going to BaldMove.com so I can make sure I get everything. So, yeah, we got Game of Thrones happening. Um, luckily, The Walking Dead, I believe, is done for the season because there's so much other stuff happening. Up here Downstairs is in full, uh, full, uh, tilt. They have missed, they're covering Mr. Selfridge right now, which is the, uh, Jeremy Piven, uh, masterpiece show, which is a pretty interesting show. I like that show. Um, we got the Fargo Season 1 preview cast is up. Uh we got the Because Show happening, of course. Madman Happy Hour is is coming up. They they've got the season seven preview up. Um the Watching Dead season four wrap up is up and Game of Thrones. All happening, guys. So much stuff. We're on there as well. Ballmove.com, more stuff every day. Uh so get there and uh and do do that listening on that site. Um <laughs> Also, you can get in touch with us. We are at personalarrogates at gmail.com. We are at uh, – our voicemail line is 360-362-0024. Let us know how your addiction to FTL is going over multiple voicemails because we love it when that happens. Uh, of course, we are on Facebook. We are on the Personal arrogance Facebook page and the Bald Move Facebook page. Um, we are also on Twitter at Personal Podcast, and you can – also, rate and review us on iTunes. If you haven't done that already, please do it. It helps move us up the rankings, make this Personal Arrogance Nation a little bit bigger. We talked about the Facebook page, but on the Personal Arrogance Facebook page, every week we post our Facebook Roundup. We also do things there like the final voting for the Breakfast Championship. So if you haven't liked us there, like us there um, and become a part of the conversation. The Facebook Roundup, every week we post and we say, hey, we're recording. What do you want us to talk about? You post it. We talk about it. That's the deal. And, uh, and here we go. Facebook roundup for this week. Oh gosh. So many comments. You guys rule. Um, Andrew Lloyd says, can a batter try to hit the ball if he's being intentionally walked? Also cold pizza. Uh, this goes back to, (laughs) (laughs) this goes back to our baseball conversation. Yes, he can. If the ball is in the strike zone, he can, you know, he, he can swing at any pitch, even if it's outside the strike zone.
1: That's happened before. A guy hit a dinger off of an intentional walk, right?
0: Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, actually, it was a college game. They were trying to intentionally walk a guy in the batter, and the pitcher just straight up missed and just left a a a big old juicy pitch right over the plate, and he just knocked it out of the park. And it was also the game winning home run. Wow. Um. So yeah, you could do that. I also, I believe Vladimir Guerrero did that in an MLB game once. Um, what?
1: What? What nationality is that?
0: Vladimir Guerrero. Yeah. Uh, I believe he's from the Netherlands Antilles. I'm not sure. No, I think he's from Dominican Republic. Um, great I,
1: name. Great name. Oh,
0: Vladimir Guerrero is awesome. I love that guy. He's Dominican. He's from the Dominican Republic. Uh, came up with the Montreal Expos. Love him. Anyway,
1: love those Expos.
0: Love the Expos, Montreal. Oh, per-
1: yeah, they got a great expo hall, huh? Montreal. Perfect.
0: Exactly. For yeah. The Pact Expos. I love it. Um, Zach says, I think it depends on how drunk I was the night before. If very, then cold pizza. If not, then flapjacks. That's not a vote, Zach. Yeah. uh, He says, also... It's kind of
1: like filling in all the bubbles on the voter sheet.
0: (laughs) Exactly. He says, also, I know you don't like Chris Hardwick too much, but have you seen At Midnight? It's right up his alley and he takes shots at himself with all the talking blank shows that he hosts. Yeah, I've seen it, and it's obviously scripted, and it's tried to pre- be presented like it's not scripted. And I don't know, man. Chris Hardwick he just he just throws me the wrong way. I don't get it.
1: I feel like he could be a successful me.
0: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> he is like forty two, so there's still time to become Chris Hardwick, buddy. All right. Sam says, "Hey guys, sorry to get to round uh, get around to calling you this week. I'm a big fan of the new show Black Sales." Which has been released entirely on Amazon Prime, so I wanted to ask you if you've been enjoying this revolution Netflix has started of entire seasons released in one go, and do you have any recos? Of course, we'll have recos at the end of the show, but yeah, I like it. I like this whole being released at once.
1: I haven't actually watched a show that's been re- uh, released that way.
0: I think that you might, because after...
1: Oh, I did watch Orange is the New Black.
0: Yeah, Orange is the New Black, uh, Personal or personal personally, uh, Arrested Development... Mm, Uh, True. Touche, touche,
1: touche. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's the way it's going to happen in the future from now on.
0: Did you hear that Joss Whedon is going to be doing a Firefly series for Netflix after he's done with The Avengers 2? (laughs)
1: shit. Don't try. This is like you. Hey, guess what? Eric did my mom call you? She was like, Hey, imagine, you remember that great goof about the Maple Leaf being back? Eric, now it's time for you to get him with a Firefly being back.
0: (laughs) It's serious, though.
1: Bull, don't believe it. (laughs) I do not believe it. I choose not to believe it.
0: It's actually going to be more episodes. They're slated to have more episodes in the first season of Firefly.
1: That shouldn't be hard.
0: (laughs) All right, Nathan says, Hey, guys, just wondering, are you watching Game of Thrones? And if so, what do you think so far in the season? And come on, it's got to be cold pizza. I don't watch Game of Thrones.
1: I don't either. I read... Two and a half books of it, but now I've I put on the back burner. I'm mm-hmm. I am reading books that are pertinent to my career, which is really boring.
0: Well, I mean, the other part about it is you have to have a cable subscription in order to get HBO, and I'm just not going to pay the cable companies for a bunch of TV channels that I won't watch.
1: There's no other possible way.
0: There's zero other ways
1: to watch. Shh.
0: Matt says I grew up loving the ocean, and so oddly grew up loving Aquaman, which of course led me to a disappointing life of having a pretty much pointless superhero as my favorite superhero. This didn't help uh, with all my Superman and Batman-loving friends, but I digress with all the comic bar- characters turning into movies. What would need to be included to make an awesome or at least decent Aquaman movie? Matt!
1: You've done this before!
0: We did a whole segment on this. Um Long story short, uh ditched a whole Atlantis origin story... He's a dude who uh, has a checkered past. Uh, goes down to Patagonia to man a fishing boat. Gets dropped in the open flash, dropped in the ocean flash, frozen. Elder gods give him the power over sea creatures, including sea monsters. All of a sudden, Aquaman is the coolest.
1: Mm. Yeah, I'm a Namor fan myself too. Submariner, Submariner. So I
0: feel well, you just like him because he's wearing a speedo. Uh,
1: I love him because of that.
0: James says, what do you guys think of the Sam Adams Rebel IPA, a West Coast-style IPA with Cascade Hops? Have you had this?
1: I haven't had it yet. I don't feel really the need to get it.
0: If there was only a way to get a West (laughs) Coast-style IPA in Seattle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well. You know, I've always always wanted a West Coast-style IPA from Boston. Mm -hmm. It's what I've been looking for.
1: No what makes a uh West Coast style IPA great, shipping it across the country.
0: Exactly. That's uh, what
1: makes it really <laughs> fine.
0: Uh Josh says, uh, banana, blueberry, chocolate chip, etc., pancakes, goddammit pancakes. This pancakes lobby is is they're loud, but apparently They're
1: passionate.
0: They're passionate guys, but they just don't have the numbers.
1: Yeah, they're um, like the Westboro Baptist Church of breakfast <laughs> I items. Don't,
0: I don't think they're necessarily that. Maybe called the Tea Party. God hates cold pizza. He does. Uh, Brooks says, how did the air hockey nose injury turn out? How did that turn out? Uh, did it result in a black guy? Was it fun to tell the story at work? Are you still recovering? Was it better or worse than a punch in the face? I'm going to say it was better than a punch in the face because it did not result in a black guy, and... It
1: kind of was a punch in the face, so Yeah,
0: it kind of was. It was a smack in the face. Um, <laughs> it was a
1: hard smack, though, yeah. man. You were, you were screwed up.
0: I was screwed up, but guess who kept playing?
1: Yeah, I mean, you were like the, uh, you were like JJ Watt.
0: Mm hmm. Bleeding with blood out the nose.
1: flowing down your face.
0: <laughs> Not quite that. Much. And yeah, I told like three people at work. It, also, it was st-
1: yeah, you're also like JJ Watt because you were on a losing team.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like a story that's really good. It's, it's like, it's one of those stories that like you tell people and you're like, yeah, and I got hit on the nose and then they go, Oh, yeah, I see it. So it's not like you had, like, a glaring injury. Mm. Like, it was more like uh, a passing injury. But it was
1: glaring that night. Yeah.
0: Well, I'll it's, say it wasn't as bad as a punch in the face. And then Angela says, Austin Personal gets meet up January 2K15 after PAX. Make it happen. Crowdfund it. Crowdfund it.
1: We'll do a live show. We'll do a live show. Get, a, get us in touch with the venue there we'll sell tickets we'll <laughs> Do, do all a live the, yeah, show yeah
0: 400 They'll bucks fin- to
1: finance us to get down there
0: love it <laughs> i actually I, I i i'm gonna see what happens it's it's tough because i get so little vacation time and you know it's good to spend your vacation time with your wife um but god i want to go to this i want to go to the inaugural pax east or pax south because i went to the inaugural pax east
1: Yeah, that's fine, but that's the one that they always fuck up.
0: I kind of like it, though, because it's, like, so indie and weird.
1: No, but, like, in a bad way. Like, in a bad (laughs) game that's not ready yet.
0: It reminds me of, like, the Maidenbauer Center.
1: Which sucked! (laughs) Those years sucked! Like,
0: taking a shuttle between the convention hall and the... And it was so
1: crowded, and there's nothing to do, and you're jammed in there, and... It was unpleasant. No, that was not good times.
0: I like the cadence that you were using. It was almost like a Bill cosby S cadence there. Uh, well, what can I say? You're so tired and there's nothing to do. I was
1: trying pretty hard not to go into an impersonation there, mm-hmm.
0: so... Well, mine was bad enough for the both of us, so let's I move agree. on to recommendations, Jesse. What's your 1st reco?
1: Well, I gotta keep saying it, man. Go to uh, fundanything.com forward slash patent troll... They are fighting patent trolls who claim to own podcasting. And if the Adam Carolla show fails, we all fail and we all go down. So donate. Mm -hmm. They're at $343,899. And that needs to be closer to a million. So give them five bucks.
0: (laughs) There you go. Be a part of the crowdfunding effort. Uh, I'm going to recommend a movie that I watched. Wolf of Wall Street. Really enjoyed it. Um, it's, it's interesting because it's like, I used to work at a sales organization, uh, that sold insurance and like this frat boy mentality is like pervasive. And this was just that like cranked up to a hundred. Um, a lot of people were like, Oh, this movie's glorifying this stuff. It's like, no, it's not. Like <laughs> Martin Scorsese likes to show the overindulgence of certain, um, you know, walks of life in order to in order to make people understand how horrible these people are. I mean, that's why he made his bread and butter on gangster movies. I guess right. he also made Raging Bull, which was uh but I mean the main character on Raging Bull is like a train wreck. Like he makes movies about people who are train wrecks. Um, I
1: think that Martin Scorsese overindulged in green screen when it came to that movie where uh, uh what's the one I'm thinking of?
0: What Hugo? No, no, no. no. The Aviator? No, 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 no.
1: The bad one about the murder. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Shutter Island. Yeah, that one. Shutter Island. That was a fantastic joke, Jesse Wilson. Way to
0: go. Anyway, uh, Wolf of Wall Street, it's worth uh, the rental. Jesse, what is your topo?
1: I'm going to also forget what I just said about giving Adam Carolla money. Give me money. Mm Mm-hmm specifically my wife, go to Etsy.com slash pages slash Rosavina Pottery. Not going to lie with you guys. Last week, I was toying with the idea of picking up a bartending shift because I'm not making enough money, (laughs) like, in my real-ass life. Mm -hmm. So I kind of need to make some more money. And if I do pick up another shift a week, you say goodbye to me being on this podcast because I'm just not going to have time for it. So one (laughs) thing you can do... (laughs) I'm not even fucking kidding. I know. One thing you can do is you can go to etsy.com slash shop slash Rosavina Pottery and buy some of of my wife's pottery so that we can keep the lights on.
0: There you go. And uh, my seco recco uh, will be, gosh, just Hulu Plus in general. I've been spending too much time on Hulu Plus. Or go camping. Any of those things. Yeah, do
1: that. Turn your fucking phone off.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, that's our show for this week, guys. Thanks so much for listening. And remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, please stay, stay arrogant. arrogant. <laughs> <laughs>